This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to The Lobe Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Rich Pullen. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Welcome to the Low Strangers, the perfect solution to the stress and the strain on this week's podcast. Stop the season now as Town go top of League Two thanks to a late equaliser at Exeter City. Shock, horror, Town are knocked out of the first round of the Carabao Cup. The in the no account scramble to take credit as Owen Doyle signs, but it's bad news for Dan Ballard as he returns to Arsenal. There's a new kit, upcoming games and your questions in another busy roundup. Before I bring on my regular guest Ben Wills, we'll start with the 1-1 draw at Exeter City. Friend of the pod Vic Morgan was at SJP and I spoke to him just a few hours after full time. Uh, Rich, how are you? Are you okay? I am very well, thank you. Very happy that we managed to sneak a goal at the end. Yeah, so am I. And uh, actually, um, there was a moment when the Exeter City fans thought they were top of the table. But I think if you look in the Sunday morning newspapers, you'll see that Swindon Town now reside at the top of League Two, albeit only three games in. Let's not get carried away or let's get carried away, whichever you feel is necessary. The relegation survival bid is going very, very well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's start, first of all, with towns away following today there were 1063 town fans in the away end and i'm more than sure that would have been a few in the big bank and elsewhere too and yourself you were in the commentary box also that's a magnificent effort isn't it it is a magnificent effort and i was in the bbc radio devon commentary box along with steve tully the former city player and we both said this is a proper football game because the atmosphere was wonderful over 5,000 fans there. You could hear both sets of supporters. And it was a cracking game. And you just came away from that thinking, it's not I've seen a proper game this afternoon. And we've all enjoyed it. Everybody went away with something from it, which is a great thing to do. I mean, it's been a bit tough few years for town fans. And to be fair, I would imagine the away fans have had most of the good stuff because our away form's been all right. But 
you go to away games quite often. What's the vibe amongst the away following at the moment? Well, away performance, you're quite right. I mean, sometimes you go away and the away performances are much better than home performances. But I think the vibe at the moment is this is a squad, you know, a great win at Scunthorpe on the opening day and obviously a point today. All right, let's write off Colchester on Tuesday night. That was a miserable evening and even more miserable when I discovered the M5 was shot on the way home. So, you know, but it was a cup competition. Do we care about cup competitions? Eh, Nice to get a run. But on the other hand, you know, you kind of think not necessarily important. The important thing this season is to get out of this league, as far as I'm concerned. Richie Wellens was happy with the first half performance. What was your take? Yeah, they were superb. I mean, Isgrove adds so much energy to that team. There's a lot of pace in it. Uh, Leiden I like. He's industrious. Doughty is playing a slightly deeper role this year, so he gets more space in midfield. So first half, I thought they were terrific. What you would say is that Matt Taylor made one or two changes in the second half, and that completely changed the game. That space that Swindon had suddenly was closed down, and they found it more and more difficult to come up with the options of going forward. So it was a much more difficult second half than it was first for Swindon. So what what was Wellens and the town side doing so well in that first 45? I think what they do, and, and they're very good at this, they're very good at counter-attacking, aren't they? And mm. they're, you know, they play to their strengths. They've got a very solid defensive unit, I'd say, at the moment. Uh, the two centre-halves work very well together. And, uh, you, you know, they have that stability. And then they can find... Um, areas in which they can pick off the opposition by using the pace of players like Isgrove and the industrial uh, work of of Doughty and of Leiden. And Woolery, of course, also is a pacey player, as we know. And Keshi Anderson seems to get a a new um, lease of life this season. So I think with that, they have plenty of options going forward. And they play some decent football. I think, you know, um, Steve Tully and I were both impressed, really, with the football quality from both sides. And at this level, League 2... You don't always necessarily see great football, but it was neat and uh, really purposeful stuff this afternoon, which made for an entertaining game. In fact, it was one of those games when you really couldn't take a breath because it was end to end. It was nonstop stuff. And so that first half, particularly from Swindon, was superb. The key thing was, though, that Matt Taylor, as you said, changed things in that second half and he brought on Lee Martin and Matt Jay and they made a big difference. Huge difference. I mean, Matt Jay is an energetic player in midfield. Uh, Lee Martin's been around. He's also got a lot of pace. And, of course, they combine with Nicky Law uh, to bring about Exeter's goal. I mean, Nicky Law is just different class at this level. And, you know, for me, he's sort of shone this afternoon, along with Bowman for Exeter. So, you know, that combination produced the goal and Matt Jay took it ever so well. And to be fair, um, they looked like they might produce another another shot from Jay, which was cleared off the town line by, believe it or not, Dean Moxie, uh, the Exeter City central defender. It was a wonderful clearance, although not from his team's point of view. So Matt Jay may well have got a second before the town equalised. So that, to me, was one of the most important clearances of the afternoon. So Dean Moxie, well done. I was happy as Larry when that happened. The reason why I asked about the substitutions is because a lot of people are beginning to look at Towns bench and wonder whether the, the starting eleven can sustain for a few more games, let alone a whole season. He's Wellens has said it over and over again, reinforcements are needed and it's hard to disagree or argue with that. Absolutely. I mean, Doyle came in, he got the goal, of course. And, um, you know, I don't know how fit he is, whether he's had a good pre-season or not. But, you know, you've got Jerry Yates who will come back, of course, after his suspension. But you look at Cosgrove and he is a, an energetic player, he never stops. But there comes a point in the game like they did this afternoon when I think he simply ran out of steam. He brought uh, May on, he brought uh, Scott Twine on. And to be fair to them, you know, they did help turn it around to get the point. Uh, But I think the strength in depth on the bench is the big worry. Because I think we all know what your starting 11 or 12 is. But I think after that, you then have to worry a little bit about whether you pick up suspensions, like with Yates or injuries, which you're going to get throughout the course of the season. That is when possibly the worry will come in. But the addition of Doyle looks a good one. You know, he's an experienced player. He's got goals. He's played for Richie Wellens before. So therefore, you know, you would think that's a sensible option to have somebody like that. A few have made the comparison to Paul Benson, probably not in age, but in just 
that impact, that reinforcement. How was Doyle today? Yeah, good. I mean, I, you know, as I say, he's, he only arrived yesterday, mm. so he's got to try and fit in with his new teammates who, whose names he probably didn't even know, which is, you know, it's always a difficult thing to do. Uh, I think he's slightly a different player to Paul Benson. Um, I, I, the comparison, maybe, I don't know. We'll have to see him play a little bit more. Benson, I really thought was terrific and uh, his work rate was second to none. It may well be the same with Doyle. He does a lot of hold-up play, which would bring other players in, which is a great thing to have. So let's see a little bit more of him. But he got a goal and that's the important thing. If you need, a, if you want a striker to get you a goal, he got you a goal and you got a point, which took you to the top of the league. Doyle says it hit his arm, but I've watched it a few times and I think he might be just looking after the referee a little bit. Mm, well, I, I couldn't really comment on that. I just, <laughs> it went in as far as I'm concerned. Of course, there was the Cashy Anderson one, which was disallowed for handball. But, you know, these days, what the heck is handball? Who knows? Anybody have any idea? I mean, you know, the keeper um, cleared it. It was point blank range. Anderson was in the way. It went into the back of the net, but the referee disallowed it straight away. So uh, the days of knowing what handball is are long gone. I don't think anybody has an idea anymore. I think what's most reassuring about the manner of the, the equaliser for Swindon is, one, it was a lovely uh, passage of play, which resulted in a nice finish by Owen Doyle. But it's the fact that 88th minute, 1-0 down, and we can still keep our heads and be methodical, even though they were wobbling a little bit before that, but they still managed to find that in them to get that equaliser. We were saying just before that how comfortable Exeter looked, and they did. And, you know, to me, it was a case of them just seeing the game out. They have plenty of experienced players, Moxie, Woodman, um, Sweeney, people like that, and you just thought they're going to see the game out. It's a 1-0 defeat. And maybe last season, it possibly would have been more than 1-0, but this is the difference, I think, this season. You can't write Swindon off. And, you know, to get a goal like they did, and straight after that, they looked like the side who might win it. You know, there was four minutes of added time, and I wouldn't have been at all surprised if they'd not nicked, not nicked a winner. Uh, so that, to me, is the big difference between this and the last two or three seasons, that there is a, you know, there's a belly there. You know, they're not going to just roll over and be tickled. They're, they're going to have a go. And, you know, that to me is the big difference this season. Uh, and, and Richie Wellens obviously has installed that. And, and you know, as a fan, uh, that's great, you know, because you think you've always got a chance. I think that's key, isn't it? And SJP isn't a good stomping ground for Swindon in the league. We haven't won there since the 80s. Still haven't won there yet. But that was, I think, our first point in four attempts over 10 years. So it's one of those obstacles where you look at fixture lists at the start of the season and you think where we're going to lose where we're going to drop points and the positive from this is that psychological difference is that town are picking up points at places that we don't go which hopefully bodes well because we've got Cheltenham next week well I was going to say I tell you what um if we get a win at Cheltenham (laughs) (laughs) I'll start to believe in elephants flying you know it's that kind of thing and you know, Exeter isn't a happy hunting ground and living near there, you know, I've had to take quite a bit of stick over the last few months with the win at uh, uh, the county ground on New Year's Day. And indeed, they did the double over us last season. So it's been an uncomfortable few months. But I think the Cheltenham hoodoo is one that which we would all dearly love to get off our backs, isn't it? I mean, what is it about Cheltenham, for goodness sake? Why can't we go there and get something? Of course, we got the little matter of Northampton to come first. So Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But I think if we go to Cheltenham and get something, then I really do think that maybe people will start to believe a little bit that something might happen this season. I think I prefer being a dark horse, which is what a lot of the bookies before the season started. I'd rather be in the pack than pace setting, but it's a lovely situation to be in. Oh, I tell you what, if we were top of the league for the entire season, I'd take that every day of the week. And (laughs) it's funny, I said to to Matt Taylor, the Exeter City manager at the end of the game, (laughs) because you know what managers are like, well, we've only played three games. League positions don't matter. I said to him, you're going to tell me the league position doesn't matter. And he said, well, it's a marker, isn't it? So, yeah, I think professionals lie a little bit when they say they don't care about league tables. They're bound to look at them. Fans do. And there was a, there's a moment this evening, Exeter City fans know they're above Plymouth Argyle. They're delighted about that. So, you know, let's take this in. We're top of the league, for goodness sake. You know, it hasn't happened a huge amount, has it? So I remember a couple of seasons we were top of the league, though, after winning at Morecambe, weren't we? So let's not get carried away just yet. (laughs) Quite. 
Anything else? Um, how are you feeling ahead of the, uh, the the forthcoming fixtures? Well, let's see how we go Tuesday, because on the face of it, I'm hoping we'll have a decent crowd, mm. first and foremost, um, because I think this team deserves a decent crowd at the moment. Let's see how we go, because um, a lot of our players, as, I, as you know, are energetic players, and you know, they suddenly got to start playing games on Saturday and Tuesday, Saturday and Tuesday. So that might take it out of them. But let's see how we go Tuesday. And I maybe we'll have a better idea of how it pans out. If we get another win Tuesday, then we can go to Cheltenham with a great deal of confidence, I think. Mm-hmm. So the next couple of the games to me are a bit key on how we'll be feeling when we enter September. But I'm, you know, at the moment, do you know what? Watching Swindon's fun. And we haven't said that for a while, have we? No, we have not. Vic, thank you very much. Pleasure, Rich. Pleasure as always. Park in! 1-0 Swindon Town. Thoroughly deserved opening goal. Better late than never. It's Ben Wills. Hello, Ben. Hello, Rich. I've only just started my shift, so hopefully uh, the other two that have uh, done this podcast before me have uh, been uh, suitable and, and uh, started off this podcast in, in brilliant fashion. We're going to bring in Terry in just a moment. So 1-1 at Exeter City. We talked last week, Ben, that whether getting something from St. James's Park was a sign of good things to come. And I think you said something on the lines of it's early, but yes, a 1-1 draw, it's a great result. Yeah, I think um, I made those bold predictions uh, at the start of the at the end of last podcast, saying yeah, we 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 win both um, games this week, and we've not 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 won either. But I still think X is a great point. You know, I've been saying pretty much since the season started that these um, tough away games X would probably suit us because they they'd attack and we'd benefit on the counter. And although it's only ended up being a draw, which is still a, a decent result on paper, and Swindon probably deserved the three points. I think I've been proved right in that sense that. These games will suit us because even though you know we didn't get the maximum points, we still sort of dominated extra and and, uh, and got a lot of shots away. We wouldn't normally expect from a tough um, trip to St James's Park. So, so yeah, the hundred uh, percent record is over, but uh, it's a, a, a well-earned point and one we'll look back on is a really good point, I think, and uh, top of the league from uh, very early on. Are we not a little bit concerned that we're still not taking our chances, or is that just lead to football? Uh, I think there can be a bit of that, but you know we're still in the first month of the season, and, and players are still, although they're getting uh, close to full fitness, they're still a, a tad rusty. And you know this, this was Doyle's debut; he only turned up the previous day, so there, there's a little bit of that, I think. But I think that that will come in time, and, and the the main thing is we're creating chances, and and hopefully when uh, you know Doyle and um, both Yates are, are fully fit, and Woolery and Anderson and Isgrave uh, start chipping in as well, then then we'll start putting teams away properly. But um, yeah, it's it's a uh, if you're going to put a minor damp on, on anything, it'll be that. But I think it's uh, the main thing is we're, we're creating the chances, and I think in time we'll start we'll start um, beating these teams by you know two, three goal margins if if possible. Fingers crossed. Before we move to Terry regarding the Colchester game, is there anything that you would like to add before we go there? I'm sure Terry will do a fine job being who's at the game. So. So it was it was my first time seeing the side this season and first impressions were really, really good. It, it was very different to watching us last year. And I think a lot of it just comes down, first half particularly, was just the way we were pressing. We started really, really well. And that, you know, obviously we're recording this now on the Sunday after Exeter and that seems to be coming through as a, as a bit of a trend of starting games well. The flip side of that is, are we are we taking advantage of it? And on Tuesday night, we just didn't. I think we were unlucky to not make more clear cut chances. You know, things were not falling for us. They were, we were blocking our own shots. Um, we never we so you know first twenty really really impressive but without really really creating anything. And then ultimately, it was always going to happen. We we're always going to go through fit phases in a game, and Colchester really got back into it and. Come half time, I think you know we would if we went if we went in one nil down. I don't think we could have complained too much, purely because they put us under a lot of pressure the last ten minutes of that half. You know, five six corners in a row. Colchester were were really direct, and I think it was a it was a good test for the two for the two centre halves, particularly in the sort of the last fifteen minutes of that that first half. The second half, first ten minutes is exactly the same, and then the sending offs happen and. Uh, 
I think um, Adam May said it in his post-match, but it just ruins the game. It ruins the game for both sides. And I remember sort of tweeting out at the time and after the game, for, for me, everything post-sending off is basically irrelevant. Like, the game changed so much. We're trying to replace a centre-forward when we don't have one. They're trying to replace a left-back, which is infinitely more easy. Um, and they really sort of just controlled the game after the sending off, took their chances. And yeah, 3-0 was obviously massively flattering, but ultimately there were no... I didn't leave the ground sort of concerned or worried that our league form is, is, is the outlier. I think this this result was the outlier. So yeah, I was at Colchester last year, Phil Brown's last game. We only lost 1-0 compared to 3-0. Um, <laughs> but it was one of the worst performances I've seen in a long time, purely because there was no attacking intent, there was no creativity, there was no tempo. All of those things were there in abundance. We were just a little bit unlucky, and the sendings off just changed the game completely. Swindon are racking up the cards, and Wellens' discipline on the touchline isn't great. He was booked against Carlisle. He was he was a uh, he got in trouble um, in the referee's report during this game. Do you think that's a potential issue going forward? I think um, it, it's perfectly normal for players to reflect their manager on the pitch. All right, so I think it's a really interesting point you make there about Wellens and his discipline, uh, first and foremost. You know, he... There, there was 1,500 people there on Tuesday. It was it, it was dead. It was silent. You could hear the players. You can hear Wellens. You know, he is constantly on the players. Press, press, press. You know, they they are working, particularly the first half, they're working so hard. They're chasing everything. The tempo's there. Wellens is constantly on them. And I just think, I don't think this, the on the pitch, I don't think the discipline issue is that is they're being sort of nasty or niggly or or um, anything like, like over, overtly aggressive. I just think it's, they're pressing and chasing everything. And, you know, if you sit off, if you sit off of side, you're not going to give away as many flowers. You're not going to get as many yellow cards. If you're chasing everything, harrying everything, it's, it's going to happen. So I think on the pitch, it doesn't worry me. Off the pitch, it worries me a little bit, but I would still much rather have someone like Wellens who is really sort of living and breathing every moment of being Swindon manager compared to some of the other um, less impressive people we've had in, in, in charge recently. Um, so, you know, I'm, look, we're in League Two. We know who we're signing and we know the manager we get. You know, I'd much rather us be performing but Wellens be a bit a bit mental on the sidelines every now and again. Absolutely, yeah. If that's what it's gonna be, that's when that's what it's gonna be. I'll take that all day long. There were exactly. a few changes in the lineup for this one, not as radical as the Chelsea under twenty ones game in the in the uh, football league trophy. So you had Tom Broadbent and Dan Ballard came in at centre-back and we had Adam May that came in and Scott Twine as well. We've had bad news about Dan Ballard since that game. How did the others do? Uh, it was a bit of a mixed bag. I think I think Tom Broadbent is sort of a, a, a bit of a, a riddle, for certainly for me, and I think for a lot of Swindon fans and maybe even people within the club at the minute. He started so well last year. I was really impressed with him when I first sort of, the first three or four times I saw him last season. And he just, I don't know whether he's regressed or everybody else in the side has, has, has sort of moved on and left him behind. Um, I, he didn't do anything like obviously wrong on Tuesday, but both him and Ballard just, they just struggle one-on-one defending sometimes. And, you know, they, they were up against a good, a good set of attackers, fine. But you can see that Conroy and Baldry are just more capable in one-on-one defend, um, defensive situations. The other issue for me with Broadbent is he just doesn't progress the ball well. He doesn't. He's not capable of receiving the ball and quickly moving it on. So you know when when they're moving the angle of attack across the back four and it comes through him, it slows down every single time. And I know that the, um, that's a sort of big a big part of the way Richie Wellens plays. You know he's said it so many times, just moving that ball quickly. And I think that's where Tom Broadbent it breaks down with him. I think. It's uh, you know it's terrible news for Dan Ballard. I think it's remarkable that he got injured in early on the game and played the whole game and now he's out for five months. I think that sort of shows his character. And he did actually go down injured with what looked like a shoulder injury and just got up and carried on. So 
you know, I think fair, fair play to him for that. It's a real shame for him. I think he would have grown into the side and arguably would have pushed Baldry pretty close for a, for a slot in the starting eleven within the next sort of couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. The silver lining, I guess, is that Broadbent now goes up the the depth chart, if you will. Um, but I think it does leave us light because you know we know Baldry is injury prone and and, and something isn't quite right with Broadbent at the moment. Um, the other the other guys that came in, Adam May. I think I think he's I think he's a capable centre midfielder at this level. What I will say is he's not a holding midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, so he played there instead of Leiden. I think if you play him with Leiden and push Doughty forward, um, as we saw for the last fifteen minutes yesterday against Exeter, I think he's much better at being an eight, a box to box midfielder. Um, he's not going to sit in front of the back four and screen that in anywhere near as well as Leiden. So. I think we need to get out of thinking him as cover for Leiden. He's not. He's probably cover for Doughty or gives us flexibility. And ultimately, we need Danny Rose back and McGilp to give us that sort of depth in the, in, in the holding role. And then I guess the last one, Scott Twine. Oh, man, I just, I want him, I want him to come good. Um, he's just not physically there. Like He just doesn't jump for headers doesn't compete enough physically for me um, on the ball I, I don't doubt his quality he's got some he's got some good movement um, but I mean what is he 20 21 now must be tw- I don't know say 20 physically he's just still not there and and that's a concern because you know he's not gonna unless he just spends the whole of this season just in the weights room I, I do think that he's gonna start struggling to to get minutes and, and potentially fade away which would be a real shame the two darlings of 2019-2020 so far, Leiden and Isgrove were both on the bench at the start of this game. Um, I mean, are we are we going to end up reliant on these guys or did you feel that was enough there against Colchester to suggest that we'll be fine if one of them was suspended or injured or what have you? I mean, Wellens has said numerous times, we, we still need depth. I think... Um... We're a League Two club. We're not going to have players happy to sit around on the bench, and we're not happy to pay players to sit around and be part of, you know, a squad. But Wellens isn't going to rotate really, um, so I think it's hard to expect us to have like great quality and depth. I think we say, "Oh, are we over reliant on uh, um, Leiden? What if he gets injured? Danny Rose is injured, so arguably." If Danny Rose was fit, he would have probably had that shirt to start the season. Um, he's more than capable of, of, of playing that role at this level. Yes, if, if both Rose and Leiden are out, then we're going to look a bit short in the same way that any club at this level, if their first two holding midfielders are, are out, then, then they're going to look short. It doesn't concern me too much. I think uh, Doyle coming in gives us some real flexibility up front. I think Yates is capable of playing anywhere across the front four positions, so is Kane, um, arguably so is Keshi. So I think really, you know, we, we could happily go into, we're going into, we went into Exeter yesterday without Yates. If we went in without Isgrove rather than Yates, that'd be fine. It's when you're, when you're missing two, three, four players that it starts sort of snowballing. But it's the same for every club at this level. I don't, I don't think it's any, it's any worse for us. If, if anything, we've got better depth now than we've had the last two seasons. And we'll end on a, on a positive note and sort of going in on, on the, how you ended that last bit was win, lose or draw. It's just so good to see Swindon playing with purpose at the moment under Richie Wellens. Yeah, it's purpose. It's, it's, it's tempo. It's, it's an, they, they've got such an idea of, of how they want to play. And, you know, the one, the one player we haven't mentioned, and I think I'm guilty of this, and I think we, we potentially all can be as Swindon fans, of just taking him for granted is Michael Doughty. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely brilliant on Tuesday for the first 45, 50, 55 minutes. Oh, well, up until the sending was up. He's so good on the ball. And, you know, obviously we're, like, we were chatting Sunday morning after the Exeter game. And the goal yesterday, you know, great finish, good work by Twy, good, good delivery. But it all comes from a Michael Doughty pass through the lines. And he, he just, he can take four, five, six people out of the game very quickly and I think he is obviously so important to the way we create but also carrying Wellens sort of ideas onto the pitch and I think he's 
you know, Conroy as captain, completely get that. But Michael Doughty, for me, is the guy who takes Wellens' ideas onto the pitch and sort of controls the game from a from an attacking perspective. And it's just so refreshing to see. And I think, you know, it's it's it is only three league games in. You know, everyone says don't get carried away, whatever. Um, if you can't get carried away as a football fan, then where's the joy in it? You've got to enjoy winning games, and and ultimately, it's a good place to be right now. It's 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 fun being a Swindon fan again. You know, yesterday, I looked at that away end, and I was jealous that I wasn't there, mm. which which wasn't happening last year. It wasn't happening the year before. When I was going, it was it was pretty underwhelming. The fans were pretty negative. Um, and it just seems to all be moving in the right direction. And I think, um, you know, Wellens said in pre-season, it's like turning a tank around. And, and he's, he's exactly right. And everybody needs to sort of be on board with it and, and, and stick with it a little bit. And there are going to be bumps in the road, but at least at least we're making progress. And I was having a chat with someone the other day about it. And for me, Wellens is, is absolutely the key. He's our unfair advantage. He's the reason right now on the surface, he, he, he's the reason why we have... A great chance of doing something this season, I think. Long may it continue. Amen. <laughs> okay, then. So, Colchester United 3, Swindon Town 0. The Carabao Cup, once again, finishes early for Swindon. Would it be nice to have got a round or two further into this? Or is it very much lead to, lead to, lead to promotion is the goal? Without wanting to sit on the fence, I think both. I think we'd all like to progress in the cup. And although I don't really mind that we lost, I, you know, I obviously wanted the win. I, I cared more than the EFL Trophy game. So it's all, it would always be nice to progress in these cups. But you know, if you offered people, you know, the third or fourth round in both cups or promotion, I think we know we all know the answer to what um, people would say. So I'm disappointed. Colchester was a bad defeat, and I think the main thing was was losing Yates. But in the grand scheme of things, it might be for the best. It was kind of funny that many fans were stressing out over Wellens' team selection, fearing injury, and then Yates goes and gets himself, was it two or three games? I think it's very given it as a, a straight red and call it violent conduct, but I think it was just some pushing and shoving at best, wasn't it? But um, yeah, generally I think the, uh, Wellens up the team right. I think most people that... Um, you know, were injury prone or or had some sort of knocks, sort of got their rest. But obviously, given the this striker situation as it was um, at the time, he couldn't really do a lot. I think it was only going to be Yates or Twine, and ended up Twine ended up being on the wing. So there wasn't really a lot um, Wellens could do in that regard. It's just a, it was just typical that the one player that he was kind of forced to play that's important ended up getting sent off rather than a, you know um, a Ballard or or, or uh, Reed or someone like that. So. Uh, not not ideal, but uh, I, I don't think that was Wellens' fault. And I generally, I think he got the team selection um, right as well as he could do. Yeah, the only one I would have liked to have seen start was probably Tyler Reid. Yeah, I think I said before kickoff that you know, like I'm saying now, that he generally got it right. But I think the only change I would have made yeah. at the time would be uh, Reid for Hunt because uh, you know Hunt is clearly the uh, first choice right back, and and Reid will be that ba- um, backup for injury and suspension. So it would have been nice for Rob to get a bit more of a rest, but. But for intents and purposes, he didn't get injured, and uh, he seemed to have a decent enough game on Saturday. So, so that hasn't affected him too badly by by the looks of it. A little bit of space for Frank McAvenny. Away from Parker, not from Bruce though. Naiho with a shot, took a deflection, he did. With Naiho to equalise for Swindon Town. And bottom of the table they may be, but they are made of stern stuff. bad news that came after Colchester, other than being eliminated, of course, is that Dan Ballard's injury has ruled him out for five months. Terry was saying there that he took an awkward fall early on and played through, but it's not great news. I, From what I saw of him, he looked like he was going to be a real threat from set pieces in an attacking sense. There was He was still a little bit rusty in his, uh, in his defensive position, but... Really, really upsetting news and yet another transfer headache for Richie Wellens. Yeah, I didn't really see a lot of Ballard. I think I, um, I wasn't at the Chelsea game, so I missed that 
big game there, and I wasn't at um, Colchester. So I think the only time I saw him would have been in preseason. He looked he looked perfectly fine there and quite sure during the um, Supermarine game and others. Because I don't think he played against uh, Carlisle. So a shame I didn't really see Ballard, but you know he got, he got good reports from from those that did see him, as you said. So. I think, I think the main thing here clearly is that Wellens is is going to have to sign a centre back that he didn't really want, and uh, Swindon aren't didn't have a full squad anyway, and they they want some deals done um, before the end of the window. Now they've got another one which uh, was entirely preventable and and one they didn't expect to didn't expect to need. So, so yeah, a, a, an unwanted headache for Wellens now that Ballard has suffered a what's a bad injury and needs to be sent back to Arsenal for it. Do you think he's gone permanently, or do you think he'll be back in five months? Well, I had this with uh, Jai Simi as well. Wellen said he was out for three to four months, and you know, he said he'd been sent back to Norwich, and I didn't really ask, or none of us really asked properly whether that's the end of the loan or whether they're going to wait for three or four months. And I think the same's got to be said with Ballard that um, you know, it's, it's, it's a longer one with five months, and I think that's going to be the, the one where we have to assume that he has been sent back for good, especially since Wellens will be bringing in another centre-back. So I think it'd be, it would be best for us to just send uh, both Ballard and uh, Jaya Simi back to their respective clubs and just reluctantly uh, sign someone else because, you know, it can't be helped. And I don't think it'd be worth be worth Swindon's time um, waiting, uh, you know, three to four and five months respectively for uh, for, for for players in the squad. So, so yeah, I assume they've been, both been sent back um, permanently, and Swindon won't um, wait on them for what is a considerable amount of time for loanees. On the Ballard front, I do wonder whether Wellens will go in for another with Taylor Curran next in line, Tom Broadbent, and Joe Romanski around the squad. Well, he's already said to um, the BBC that he will be looking to get one in, so. Cohen and Broadbent and uh, Romanski will have to be a bit more patient but um, yeah I think it, it won't be clearly it'll only be alone as well so hopefully Cohen and uh, Romanski will be closer to being first team ready next season but I think we'll both see in that regard but I, I think hopefully you know Cohen and, and Broadbent should be getting decent amount of minutes anyway but um, yeah like I said just a bit of a pain in the backside that's when they've got a ton of transfer they didn't particularly want going into the last weeks of the last weeks of the window, which will be uh, busy enough as it is. Let's look at the transfers. There have been a couple over the last week. First off, we say a temporary goodbye to Jermaine McGlashan, who's gone to National League side Chesterfield until January, which is a great move for him. Great move for him, and I think you know, is as much as it's probably not nice to say it's a good move for Swindon. I think it's been no secret that one has wanted to get rid of him and. Uh, I'm not sure the percentage of wages that Chesterfield are paying, but clearly it might, it might be a decent amount considering that they are sending conveniently got got Doyle uh, confirmed on the same day. So hopefully whatever percentage Chesterfield are paying is a, the same percentage that Swindon are paying to Bradford, and that's worked out well there. And and, and Swindon have managed to offload uh, one of their men, albeit temporarily, and got a striker which they desperately needed to um, facilitate it. So a good move for both club and player, and that's that's worked well for Swindon and being able to get Doyle in as well. Fringe players will be rubbing their hands together, knowing that that's one down in the uh, transfer-listed players, so they might get a game in the uh, leasing.com trophy. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh, leasing will start paying us for this. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think uh, obviously it's best for McGlashan he's been able to get some football. I think if I was going to put one down on this, I think it's, it's only until January you probably want him gone to the season. Um and then that'll be him done. But I think hopefully he'll come back in January and find somewhere else, or he does well, well enough at Chesterfield for to to get them to extend it towards the end of the season. But generally, I think it's a, a good move for everyone involved. And McGlashan can sort of wind down that spending contract that thankfully expires um, next summer. Vic mentioned him. I've mentioned him. You've mentioned him. So let's talk about him. The good news this week is that Owen Doyle has joined the club on loan from Bradford City. It's been a long time coming and he becomes both the first Owen in that spelling and the first Doyle to play for Swindon Town. Spare a thought for all the in the know accounts who frantically scrambled to take credit for this one, but it's been a long time coming, this transfer. Yeah, I think the, all, the, um, all the in the know accounts have just been clamouring to uh, confirm it has been announced before it had been, but... I think we all know we all know for a while this has been on and Swindon have wanted to get this done. I think it was a 
uh, a Nixon story at, at first. So I think the the actual journalist in inverted uh, commas can can take the most credit. So um, yeah, a good deal, and you know, no secret that Swindon have wanted this done for a while. And I didn't, for for a while, I didn't think it would would look like it would happen, given that it went a bit quiet and there was no updates from from Nixon or anyone else for that matter. So um, clearly, it, they needed to get McGlashan and and others off the books in order to facilitate Doyle coming in. But as long as it's happened now and uh, some start for the uh, for the striker, he's got a hell of a strike rate, hasn't he? Mostly helped by that Chesterfield spell. He only played, I think, he only played it against us for Chesterfield and Swindon won those but it seems like he is very much going to benefit from League 2 which he's he's had his go at championship level not scored too many League 1 and definitely League 2 that's where he finds most of his joy yeah I, I, I said at the beginning once once the uh, rumour first um, came into fruition that I'd be surprised if Bradford let him go to a promotion rival and I'm still uh, surprised about that given that you know, Swindon have started so well, and Bradford they, they won. They won the weekend, so they're they're back in contention. But they weren't so brilliant themselves. So, I think I think they might regret that. But clearly, I think uh, the money was more important to Bradford, and and Swindon could benefit, and I think Bradford could regret that. And, but uh, as long as he does continue in the same vein, but you know, it's going to be tough competition between him and Yates now because they both started like a like a house on fire. Jack Tanner asks, are Yates and Doyle both expected to start most games or only one? Could one or both be the 20-plus striker we've not had for ages? Uh, I, th- I think given that Wellens has played the same formation for every game so far, I think I think that kind of suggests that he'll be only going for one. And given that Swindon have had a near-perfect start, I don't think there's any need to change it. So I think I'll, I'll get a better picture of this when Yates returns, because obviously right now they, they can only play one or the other. But I think even when Yates returns... It will be just one of them um, because, you know, having both will, will probably mean going winger less and that will, that won't will, will suit Woolery or Isgrove or, or people like that. And so I, I think it's more likely that it'll be one or the other. But clearly Wellens has got a really good headache but given that uh, league-wise, yeah, he's got two and two and Dora's got one and one. So as I said, they both started brilliantly and, and there's probably only going to be one of them. So that's going to be a, a tough competition for them. I think... Uh, it would be great for us to have a 20 goal season striker again. I think Yates and both Yates and Doyle could be could be that if they get and uh, and and you know they play enough games. But clearly, I think we said uh, you know in that earlier podcast that I think it'd be more important for us to get sort of 10 each from Woolery, Anderson, Isgrove, uh, Yates. Pick pick you know two or two or three of them out of four. So. I think if you get a goal spread around the team rather than just having one focal point, that'll be more beneficial for Swindon because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but from the last time we've had sort of 25 goal season strikers, we, we finished consolidation in the Ajos and, and Simon Cox seasons when they were in the golden boots. So generally, I think it'd be better if we have them spread around rather than having one one man getting getting 20. But uh, I, I do think that both Doyle and Yates have got the ability in League 2 to get uh, that amount in this in this league. We've still got two more weeks of this window. That's a couple more episodes. I'm a just want this bit over and done with now. <laughs> well, I think with the squad being still a bit thin, I think we we, we are grateful that we've got another two weeks. I think Mullen still wants a keeper. Needs to sign another centre back. Still needs a, a ten, I think, to replace Jairzini. So there is still a bit more to do in these two weeks, which uh will we'll keep us busy and i'm sure everyone wants this over by now but um but we, we do still need to get some stuff done uh and by, by the close of the window so uh it's been simultaneously going on for too long and not long enough i think what is keeping us busy ben are these two games per week so let's have a look to see what's coming up because there is another midweek game on tuesday it's in the league against northampton town Last season, Town drew with the Cobblers 1-1 on both occasions, with Town equalising in both. Northampton currently have former Town Player of the Year's Alan McCormack and Jordan Turnbull. I think he scored on the weekend. They're in the squad alongside top scorer from 2014-15, Andy Williams. They currently have one point from the possible nine, uh, but that point did come away from home at Port Vale. As it stands, Ben, this is a perfect opportunity for the momentum to keep generating in Swindon's favour. Yeah, I think this is going to go back to um, you know things you said about the home games, though, that there are going to be games that we definitely should be winning and, and might not. So uh, Northampton 
100% agree. This this is a team that people will be saying uh, this is the team we've got to beat to be uh, among the top three or, or even top one. Um, but I, I do think there's going to be times this season where these teams come and, and come and bank in and and, and snatch uh, one point or or even three. So there, there could be a lot of similar home games, and hopefully, spending it for enough of them to to be in around the uh, the chasing pack of automatic promotion. But I think there's going to be a, a few teams that. Uh, that, that do benefit and do do manage to get a few points from from Swindon at the county ground. So Northampton have started pretty terribly by by their standards. They they went pretty mental in the window, and I think many people had them to be in in the round and promotion chasing um, sort of section. But they have started badly, and, and Tesso was a, a a terrible result as well, losing at home to uh, managers managers with that faster. So. Um, so yeah, a bad start for them, but I think they could be still tough regardless because Keith Curl is a very defensive orientated manager and will definitely look to frustrate Swindon on, on Tuesday night. Macclesfield have started all right. I think they're one, two, lost one, so good good for them, but terrible as you say result for Northampton. I'm gonna go <laughs> I think every one I've predicted so far has been a one one draw and I've finally got one of those right. I'm going two one Swindon. I think this is going to be one of the games that uh, gets away from us. I think, like I said, I think Northampton are perfectly beatable. They haven't done well at all at the beginning, but um, and I don't particularly rate Keith Curl. But uh, what I do know about him is he's going to be, it's going to be a defensive three-five-two. And uh, even though, like I said, they haven't started brilliantly, and I don't particularly rate Curl. I think they've still got the playing staff that will frustrate Swindon, whereas the likes of Morecambe and you know Carlisle and others didn't. So I think this is going to be a frustrating one-all draw that. We should be winning, but just about gets away from us. Speaking of games that sneak away from us, our second game of the week will be away at Cheltenham Town. And this one is all ticket next Saturday. No tickets will be available on the day. Town fans have up until 12 noon on Friday, the 23rd of August, to buy their tickets. Tickets for adults are £22, £16 for students in the over-65s, and £8 for the under-8s. Guess what, Ben? What? <laughs> Cheltenham took the majority of the points from Swindon last season, a 0-0 draw at the county ground and a 3-2 loss at Wadden Road, which was flattering for Swindon as well. Uh, Cheltenham currently have former town players Connor Thomas, Ben Tozer and Chris Hussey within their ranks. Given our record at Cheltenham, which is a magnificent Zero wins in seven attempts between 2002 and 2019. It's hard to anticipate anything other than a point at best, even if there's no real rhyme or reason other than our history there. Yeah, I'm not normally a slave to history, but I think given it's uh, <clears throat> League Two and Swindon, we play these, we play this team so often. I think I'm going to be a slave to history on this occasion. So. Probably will be dropping points here as well, um, but hopefully Wellens will have the ability and, and Wellens will truly be magic if he can finally get three points at Wadden Road. But um, it's probably worth noting that I said we wouldn't both for this both games the week just gone and uh, I, I got both of them wrong. So if I go for two uh, games of drop points this this week, hopefully I'll be wrong again and uh, we get we get the maximum six. I mean, it's going to be a bleak, bleak episode next week if your predictions come through. Yeah, I think uh, I will. I will go for it and say we're only getting one, um, which will be very frustrating and, and very sort of morale killing around the club. Given it, we've been on such a high, and both of these games are absolutely winnable, but it's just two sorts of games. That I think it's going to, you know, leave to ruin. Like I said, uh, a lot of home games will be quite annoying this season, and uh, Cheltenham, Cheltenham away is Cheltenham away. So, so yeah, I'm not expecting uh, good things this week. So hopefully, uh, I would have to be proven wrong. Two two for me. I'll go for a 1-0 Cheltenham. Just a purely measurable uh, Saturday evening, that'll be. Everybody wants my predictions to win over yours. No one more than you, probably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I never <laughs> like predicting uh, bad things this winding. So, uh, so, yeah, six points, please, even though I'm only pred- predicting one. That'll be nice. Town have announced a third kit with a different sponsor, that being the Derby Rimmer MND Foundation, a charity set up by Swindon Town penalty shootout hero Stephen Derby and ex-serviceman Chris Rimmer in a bid to help fund the research and hopefully find a cure for motor neuron disease. 
a very worthy cause. Hopefully Swindon will do more stuff with that charity over the coming season. And it's a nice shirt as well. Yeah, I, I've been sort of leading the uh, the course for it to go on general sale. I think it's a, that's, it's a massive shame that it isn't. I'm sure the club are doing that for a reason. And I, you know, I can't say I know how much it costs to get kits ordered them in for the shop and, you know, the profit margins and all the rest of it. But it's a, it's a really nice kit that's, that's got uh, the benefit of having a great sponsor. So, you know, when I saw this sort of purple number, I, I hated the uh, the grey kit even more because I, I wish this was our away kit and I wish we'd, uh, you know, play more, more often like we did on the weekend and, you know, I wish it was available to buy. So hopefully Swindon do sort of get one round by by fans clamouring for that, and and hopefully they can raise some money for the charity as well in a in a fantastic kit. All the shirts that Town wear over the season will be auctioned off, I believe. So you better get saving those pennies, Ben. As much as I, you know, love Dion Comer, I'd rather have my own uh, shirt rather than a, a sweaty one worn extra away or something. So um, I'm sure they'll they'll get loads of money from auctions because people love. Uh, memorabilia and that'd be great for the charities well to get um, funds but you know I would love the, the club to release on general sale so I can have my own uh, extra large shirt that I can uh, I can wear to my uh, heart's content you'll look lovely in the fiver sides <laughs> exactly uh, I've, I've got all sorts of kits in my locker ranging from Dulwich Hamlet to Altrincham and Boca Juniors so uh, Purple Swindon would be very much appreciated for those uh, dark Wednesday nights and on that hipster bombshell, that's all I've got today. Have you got anything else to add? Uh, no, I'll just uh, sort of clamour for my uh, predictions to be wrong. So if I might, I might predict uh, Swindon to to keep losing in the hope that I'm wrong again for the for many weeks running. So yeah, uh, let's let's get ready to not have one point, please. Sounds good to me, Ben. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rich. Below Strangers is an independent Swindon Town fan podcast. The music was expertly created by Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by the super talented John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.